and welcome all to the Misfit Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your co-host, Taylor Reeves, alongside my other co-host, Jacob Dupree, a.k.a. The Commissioner. Jacob, how are you doing this evening, man? I thought we were doing British accents. Get on with it. All right, enough of that. No, gross. You and your widget. Gross. Never doing that again. Ever. Two words, dead lasso. Enough said. Okay, great show, great show. Great show. I have... uh... I have a couple of quotes on my uh, board at my uh, desk, so <laughs> works out well. I just have office quotes in my head. Oh, oh look, he, the mic. Yeah, he dropped his mic. Wow, that's literally, fantastic! Great showmanship. Dropped the mic. Hey, you know we're we're trying to bring the top notch production that we have available by and throwing the mics into our laps. Yep, yep. No, that's exactly what happened. There's too many wires on this thing. I'm just like, okay, whatever. ASMR or stomachs. Yes, I'm very hungry. I'm I'm ready to eat dinner. Uh, but before we get into that, we got some hungry fantasy to get into. I'll give it like a two of ten. It it sounded better in my head. <laughs> uh, okay, so a couple of updates here. So Raheem Mostert is having season-ending surgery. Um, Jacob, your thoughts? I hope you put down a lot of fab on Elijah Mitchell. Because I think that he could be the next hot thing. And whenever you listen to this, it's going to be too late if you haven't already got him. So if you have the number one waiver claim, you should have already claimed him. Because I really think he can be the go-to guy in that backfield. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, And even for like redrafts, I would maybe get Trey Sermon. Because at the rate that 49ers go through running backs, like I said uh, for episode 35, by the way, if you haven't listened to that yet, please go take a listen. It was pretty good. It was before all the craziness that went on with the uh, Ravens and Raiders game in the second half. I mean, according to Sleeper, Trey Sermon is still rostered in the vast majority of leagues. It's not loading right now because, you know, technology sucks, but it's beside the point. But he's he should be rostered in probably over 60% of leagues. But if you do see Trey Sermon out there, like if someone dropped him and for some reason he'll, he's still sitting there when you listen to this on Thursday, mm-hmm. pick him up. Because it's the 49er backfield. No one really knows what's going to happen because it's the 49ers backfield. Unless you're Colby Hicks, who who called it like four weeks ago. And I'll, yeah, I'll continue to valid. say that. It, we, we all thought it was crazy. And now I'm like, wow, he was, he was a freaking genius. <laughs> He's always playing 3D chess while the rest of us are just playing checkers. That's your favorite statement, isn't it? It really is. It's a, it's a good go-to. I, I like it. I, it's because I've been watching uh, white cap, uh, like caper shows, you know? Okay, I, th- I thought you were going to say, like, oh, oh, never mind, I forgot. It was an old USA show. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm re-watching White Collar. White Collar, there it is. Woo! I've been, I knew been it re-watching something. it while I'm uh, getting my cardio in, you know. I'll uh, nice. get on the treadmill or the Stairmaster. And by the way, speaking of which, Stairmaster, I think, I think it's a good thing. We need to break the stereotype. Guys can do it, too. I, I love doing it. It's a great way to get cardio in, get your steps in. That's my uh, little fitness update for the uh, for the podcast. Hey, I, I ran two miles today. It was great. Hey, good for you, man. That's, See, look, we're great. about cakes, fantasy football, food, and fitness. We don't really make are. sense, but we do it anyways. Exactly, and and as we are married men, it's like, yeah, it's kind of nice, kind of you know, keep it together at least till we get to thirty, and then we're just gonna crash and burn. Yeah, I mean, I like to look at my wife and be like, "You have a hot husband, right?" Right, and then she usually looks at me and says, "Who? I haven't seen him yet." Oh, it breaks yes. my heart. Then I go eat like, you know, three PB and J's and call it a night. <laughs> Jeez, Jacob. Welcome to therapy sessions with Jacob <laughs> and Taylor. Oh, man. Yeah. And then, oh, wow. So Jerry Judy uh, was placed on the IR. So is this is this long term or is it till week three? How how does that work in this situation, Kamish? I believe the NFL short term IR lasts six weeks. I can look it up. Okay, but so this isn't like the like the no, this the isn't season. the okay. season ender. This is one of those they're eligible after after missing three games. So it's a minimum of pretty much like a month. I think it's like a month basically. So, and I've heard different things that Jerry Judy could come back in anywhere like as early as four weeks, but then the longer timetable is eight weeks. And I bet if the Broncos, if they're, if they're just staying afloat, I bet they let him take the long route because I mean, he was dominant. He was six catches for 72 yards until yeah. that ankle sprain happened. So, but in the meantime, Tim Patrick is, I think the guy to go to 
because I think it's going to be, he will be the guy who steps up into that Jerry Judy role. And Tim Patrick is, I mean, he's like the most average player that is consistently good whenever you objectively look at it. Because last season, I even remember, he had some very startable weeks where he was he was top, top in the league. Like, let's see here. He had a 20-point game against the Jets last week in last year in week four. He had an 18-point game against the Chiefs last season. I mean, he was the number 38 fantasy receiver in PPR, and that was missing one game and barely playing 80% of the snaps with a busted Drew Locke back there. So, I mean, yeah. That, I think with Captain check down to Teddy Bridgewater, you think he's still yeah. going to be successful there? Yeah, I think he'll still be fine. That would be the guy that I would aim for. Yeah, no, I mean, even with Cortland Sutton, Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant, it's always good to have a third option and knowing Teddy being captain shut down. Like I could totally see Tim maybe having eight catches for 40 yards. Yeah. You know, (laughs) some some ridiculous stat line or it'd be like nine for 33. (laughs) I mean, those are points. Okay. No, they are. I mean, that's that's 12 points. As long as you don't get goosed, that's the most important thing. We're looking at you, Russell Gage. I'm still not happy Ouch. about that. Ouch. I I put a lot of I, I put a lot of stake in that in my uh, sleeper picks. Speaking of which, it's sleeper picks week two. We're really getting into that later. That's one of the main topics we have. And then the last topic we have here for the news, we have Urban Meyer to USC rumors already. I mean, it's been no. one week, Jacob. No, people are overreacting and freaking out. No, no, no. So I feel like Palpatine just, no, no. While we're on the subject of USC, who do you think would be a good pick? They were talking about Jeff Fisher may get a call just to even be interviewed, which I was like, okay. Boring. Do you I think don't he- know. Off the top of my head, I don't really have anybody. I just think that they need a higher power, like a more offensive-minded coach because, I mean – we saw what happened at Stanford. wasn't good. True. Uh, I mean, maybe Graham Harold. Is there anybody from the um, NFL ranks that you could see going to USC? Not off the top of my head. I mean, Kellen maybe Moore's not going Kellen anywhere. Moore. You don't nope. think Kellen Moore would go? He's going to get a call for a head coaching job in the NFL. I think after this year, okay. I really do. Yeah. No, I I could see that. Maybe Bill O'Brien could, could go to USC. Why is he going to take them too? He can't no. trade players, so I mean, he could, it could, it could be fine. But no, I mean, in the college ranks, though, he wasn't, he wasn't too bad. And and before the uh, the the collapse and the comeback against, I mean, they were up twenty-one to nothing. He was looking a genius against the Chiefs. I, I know, I know that's, I sound like a broken record, but they were up twenty-one to nothing against. And I've told you they should have beat them, but they didn't. They out, they they Texaned themselves. And, and then they traded DeAndre Hopkins, and then everyone was like, what's, uh-huh. what's going on? And it's like, I know better. I'm Bill O'Brien. It's like, and that's, no, you, no, you and that's why Bill O'Brien can never coach again. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it'll be interesting. I think everything, like, <laughs> I, I love how I'm reading articles about Urban Meyer today and, and yesterday, and it was like, Urban needs to calm down. I'm like, he knows he needs to calm down. Like, he realizes, like, he's with the team that has potential, but, you know, isn't there. But I'm also thinking... You know, he had some interesting hires that were very odd and very college-esque, and it's like he's probably realizing I can't control the game as I as I could in, in the college and be able to recruit the best players. You may have gotten the best QB, but are you going to be able to have the best talent? And I'm still peeved about Carlos Hyde getting a lot more carries than, than James Robinson. I tell, you're still salty about that. I am, because I'm like, what's next? Is Braxton Miller going to be suiting up being your fourth wide receiver that's you know, going to be taking those uh, jet sweeps. Is he In calling Percy Harvin right now? I mean, I I get that I defend Tebow, but it was more of a shtick. But I mean, after calling Tebow, everything is on the table. Are you calling Cardell Jones? I mean, is JT oh. Barrett going to become a tailback? Like, what what else is he going to do? I mean, it, well, I mean, I don't know. They just they, they just need to move the on. It was, they just need to move on from week one. I mean, to quote Bill Belichick, uh, we're moving on to uh, Cincinnati. But that's the thing, though. Urban, he he's so emotional. He's either super high or super low. I mean, there there is no in between. There is no consistency. You saw it with his, you know, ugly exits from Florida and then Ohio State. Are we are we on a similar path here? I don't know. 
Uh, but I just find it hilarious that, you know, two weeks into the college football season, USC <laughs> uh, fires their head coach, Clay Helton, which I understand for recruiting purposes. You know, a lot of the main main guys that are, that are going to get signed are going to be signed in eight weeks. Um, so they need to get that situation figured out. And of course, Urban Meyer's name goes at the top of the list. And I'm like, he's literally been in the NFL for a cup of not even a cup of tea. I think he's ordered a cup of tea or a cup <laughs> of coffee, you know? Something yeah. like that. I mean, he hasn't been in very long. He hasn't. And, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Let's say they start out one and six. I don't, I would not be surprised if Urban's like, he's not going to go anywhere. He's, he's got too much, st- you know, too much at stake when he invested into it. So I really think he'll stick around for a little bit because I mean, he doesn't want to be just another coach who can't do it in the NFL. Like he wants to make it work in the NFL. So I think he's going to stick around trying to make it work. And plus, I mean, he has a very viable excuse of my second pick is on IR because he tore something. Yes. Or he got a list Frank injury. So, I mean, he has a decent excuse as to why stuff isn't working because if he did have a massive plan for Travis Etienne, I mean, there you go. He's just sitting there and saying like, look, right now I'm just trying to make it work because I no longer have a centerpiece in my offense. So do you want to go to commercial break or do you want to do you want to do matchups first? Yeah, we'll go to commercial. All right. Uh, you heard it from the commissioner. We're going to go to a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after this. Hello and welcome back. Okay, so we're just going to get right into it here with our matchups, kind of very similar to what we did with our recap for uh, episode 35. So we're just going to get right into it. Jacob, first game. Let's go. All right, first game is going to be the New York Giants are traveling to Washington, D.C. to take on the Washington football team. From this game, I mean, if I have a Giant player, I'm not playing them because this defense is scary. The only thing of this game that I – actually, there's two things I'm interested in. I want to see how does Taylor Heineke look against a somewhat, you know, competent defense, and then does Antonio Gibson look good? Last game, I know he got injured with the shoulder, but I want to make sure that he's back on the beaten track, you know, beaten path of success because he's being drafted. Some people already won, like he was mid round two to mid round three ish with your redraft ADP. So that's what I'm looking for. And once again, if you have a giant, sit them, do not play them, do yourself a favor. Even Barkley, don't do it, sit him, not okay. worth it. Because if you start him and he gets you three points, you're starting off in a hole on your lineup. So you're going to have to play every explosive player you have to make up for that hole that he's going to have you sitting in. It's a good point. It's a good point. All righty. So our, our next matchup is another AFC East divisional game. We have the Patriots traveling to the Meadowlands to take on the New York Jets. When it comes to this one, I mean – I think that I'm more interested to see how Zach Wilson does against any like another step up in their defense. The sad news is, is they lost their left tackle, Mekti Becton. Uh, Mekti Becton, because I think he was just an MCL sprain, hopefully. But he's going to be out for a little bit. And he was doing pretty good up until, you know, they lost their star left tackle. So I'm going to see how he reacts to this situation. And then from the Patriots side, and we'll talk about him a little bit later, but I think if Damian Harris is just a prime guy to have everywhere, if you have him playing with confidence, just because I feel like the Patriots are going to be able to get a lead and stay up. And so, like, he's going to be one of my DFS running backs, most likely, that I plug and play. Hopefully win you boys some money. Yeah. No, I, I agree. We'll talk about the Patriots more later. And then with the Jets, Corey Davis, enough said. Yep. Yep. Uh, the next matchup we have, we have the Broncos traveling to Jacksonville and taking on Urban Meyer and the Jaguars. So the Jaguars laid an egg in week one, and now what do they get? I would argue with probably a top 10 defense in the NFL with the Broncos when they're healthy because last week they didn't have Bradley Chubb, but I think he's supposed to play again this week. So I think in this game, the thing that I'm going to be mostly paying attention to is the running backs on both sides. I want to see if Javante Williams is going to take over a little bit because I feel like this is a game where – He'll have the opportunity to because they have a chance to be up by a wide margin. And I also want to see if James Robinson can kind of come back to that usage that he had last season. The reason that made him like a fantasy darling with so many players is just because, I mean, he was getting 80 to 90% of all the running back touches. I mean, that right there is the most fantasy implication. And then I guess on the tail end of it, I want to see how the replacement Broncos wide receiver does. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I agree on that. I'm uh, 
I'm concerned that Trevor Lawrence is once again, just going to be running for his life. Um, I'm curious to see what James Robinson's able to do. Uh, we have Carlos Hyde. Apparently he seems to be a very popular character right about now. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not salty about that at all. Um, Wait, I, I can, I can tell, I can tell you're not salty at all. You don't look yeah. like a fresh McDonald's French fry right now. Nope. Nope. Not at all. Um, <laughs> next matchup, we have another AFC East uh, divisional matchup. Uh, probably one of the games of the week, in my opinion. Uh, Bill's t- uh, traveling up, or sorry, down to Miami to take on the Dolphins and Tua Tungavailoa. Yeah, this one, I think this is a game because the Dolphins have a pretty stout defense. Like I know I chose them last week as my sleeper defense because they have some of the best corners in the league. They have Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. And then they drafted Grant Delpit, who was one of the star safeties out of where, where is he from? For some Grant reason, Delpit? it's like, yeah, he's from uh, LSU. That guy. I'm pretty sure they drafted him. But anyways, they drafted some safety that was one of the top two or three that was in the class. And so I think this is an underrated match or like an underrated. Yeah. An underestimated. There it is. Matchup for the bills because the Bills can't really run the ball. I know that Devin Singletary had 11 carries for 72 yards, but I'm not really focused on that. I'm more interested to see if the Bills can kind of put stuff back together because if you think about it, the Dolphins defense and the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, I would argue, were are kind of comprised of the same characters. Very good secondary. Linebackers can keep up, and then the defensive line shows, shows up when you need them to. And so, I mean, first off, we forgot to be picking games. So with this game – I'm actually going to be picking the Dolphins to win, not because I'm a Dolphins homer, but because I feel like they're going to go ball control and just kind of deflate the ball out of Josh Allen's hands. Yeah, the uh, Grant Delpit, he plays for the Browns. So just a quick ah. correction on that. So, yeah, it's okay. Um, I'm going to look I, it up now. Yeah, I think, I think honest, it, it's going to be interesting because – I want the Bills to win, but until they figure out that running game and Brian Flores has that team on, running on all cylinders, I think the Dolphins walk out of that game, another close game, mm-hmm. and, and they're going to be 2-0. and oh. And uh, Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs and company, they're going to be 0-2 in the hole, and the uh, statistics mm-hmm. are not friendly yep. to, to that uh, for playoff chances. And no, it changes a little bit because you know you now have seven teams, but still it's it's not a great look. No, it's not. By the way, it was Javon Holland, who a lot of people were saying were a top 10 pick before he got injured. He was at Oregon. Oh, okay. okay, So so real quick, we'll go back up to the top. Washington plays the Giants. I'm choosing the football team. Jets playing the Patriots. Choosing the Patriots. Same. Broncos playing the Jaguars. Choosing the Broncos. Same. All right. Moving on with Chlorophyll. Boom. And... We have the uh, 49ers traveling to the brother city of brotherly love, the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm surprised you didn't call them the Philadelphia Idols. That's like your thing. The Idols. Sorry, I I was choking on my uh, esophagus there. (laughs) That's that's pretty hard to do. As someone in the medical profession, that's kind of hard to do. But anyways, I, I think this game, I'm looking at can the Eagles defense stay consistent like they were, or was this just the Matt Ryan and the Falcons having a bad game. Yeah. Because if that Eagles defense is healthy and they stay stout, that team is going to surprise everybody, including myself on the 49er side of the ball. You're just mainly looking at is Elijah Mitchell going to be worth all of the fab worth the, you know, first overall waiver claim that you put in on him, mm-hmm. Or is it just going to be a congregate of, Jermichael Hasty, Trey Sermon, and then Elijah Mitchell. And then another little sprinkling of something I'm interested in, is, in to see is, does Sherfield still outplay Brandon Ayuk? Because Brandon Ayuk didn't have a single target in the game against the Lions. Wow. Yeah. yeah no, I, I mean, that's an interesting thing. The thing I'm also going to be looking for is, how is Kyle Shanahan going to find more ways to get Trey Lance comfortable in the offense and getting him some more plays? Um you know, more on a regular basis till he decides to pull the trigger on Jimmy G. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this, Jimmy G is the type of player that is not, not going to relinquish that quietly. <laughs> no, he, he's better than people. Really good last week, even though it was the lions, but the lions, they're a scrappy team. It's almost as if they were going after your kneecaps there, you know, <laughs> uh, who do you have winning this game? Cause I, I'm actually kind of torn. Oh man, I think it's going to be the 49ers because I, I hate the Eagles. Uh, <laughs> Just with because the, you hate with them. 
Yeah. And I, I, I love Kyle Shanahan's offense. Um, I love to find different ways. And, and like you said, as much as I hope Jalen Hurts is becoming that two-way threat that everyone's hoping that he's going to be and High Roseman being this genius, there's going to be bumps along the way. And you still have Fred Warner and uh, Nick Bosa coming down, <laughs> breathing down your neck. Yeah, that's not going to be fun. I, I think I'm actually going to go with the Eagles on this one. I'm kind of surprising myself here, but they looked really good in week one. So, I mean, I, I think I'm actually going to roll with them. I'm, but I think it's going to come based off of Jalen Hurts completing consistent passes, much like he did last week. Because last week he didn't do anything like, you know, out of pocket. He pretty yeah. much just took what was given to him. Mm-hmm. And so I think if he can continue to do that, I think they're going to win the game. Not to mention that the the kid can back squat 600 pounds. Um, Which is thoroughly I, impressive. I, I go back to that and I'm like, ooh, that's a healthy posterior chain right there. Bro, that's three of me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's about the same for me. <laughs> me. Yeah, give or take. All righty, so the next game we have here, we have the Rams taking on the Colts. Um, so we have Matthew Stafford taking on Carson Wentz. This is, a, this is a sneaky, interesting game. I think this one may go down to the wire, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I'm I mean, I, I'm not biased to the Rams because I chose them to win the Super Bowl. I'm biased to the Rams because they are a very solid roster from top to bottom. Before right. they lost Cam Akers, I think you could have compared them to every other team in the NFL, including the Chiefs. And I think that they have a better top-to-bottom filled-out roster because that defense is terrifying. Like, they are so good and so quick to the ball. Like, they just – they do everything so well. And so, from this game, I'm going to be mostly paying attention to can Daryl Henderson continue what he did in week one because the Colts have a pretty salty front seven – and so I think he's going to have some tough sledding to find, you know, rushing lanes, but can they, can Sean McVay still find a way to use him? And on the Colts side, I think I'm looking at, you know, which receiver is it going to be? Is it going to be Zach Pascal? Is it going to be Michael Pittman? Is it going to be Paris Campbell? Like which of these receivers is going to step up? Because if Paris Campbell or not Paris Campbell, if Zach Pascal steps up and repeats what he did last week, if he's still on waiver wires, you need to pick him up with another significant bid. For some odd reason, I don't know why I'm thinking this. I'm just thinking Chris Furr is going, well, where's Pierre Garçon at? That, that's, that's a bit of a call back there. Um, that's, a, that's a big time throwback. <laughs> Pierre Garçon, good God. But when you said Paris Campbell and Zach Pascal. Yeah, um, yeah, no, I'm curious to see how Jordan Taylor and that running back room between him. Jonathan. Sorry, Jonathan Taylor. There is a Jordan Taylor though, right? No, no, no. That's who it is. Jordan Taylor, he was a quarterback for Denison. Who went on to play as a wide receiver. With Peyton Manning, yeah. yeah. Hey, he got a touchdown in the playoffs. He did. Uh, That's a little uh, local Lake Dex homa lore for y'all out there who uh, (laughs) don't know what I'm talking about. Go do a little Google search and or watch the uh, America's Game 2015 uh, Denver Broncos. It's probably somewhere on YouTube. Anyways. So Jonathan Taylor, uh, Neenam Himes, and uh, who's the other running back they have? Marlon Mack, but he didn't play last week. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious to see how they do against Aaron Donald. Um, And that offensive line, I'm excited between Quentin Nelson and Aaron Donald. I think they're going to figure out ways to to get those two matched up, you know, be able to match strength versus strength, especially if Aaron Donald's lining up opposite of him. I see – potential counter plays, bootlegs, whatever they're, they're trying to obviously move that, you know, the play away from him. And then also Jalen Ramsey. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how he's able to affect the game. He had two tackles for loss, I think in the first half against the bears uh, this past weekend. So from that perspective, I'm interested to see what that is. I want to see is Carson Wentz getting more comfortable or is he feeling like he's being more harassed or is it what we all had already sort of kind of predicted with the NFC West being just a legit beast from top to bottom. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the legit beast part, but uh, from this game, obviously, I mean, I'm choosing the Rams to win and I think they can win it pretty handily. Yeah. I think it'll be very similar to last week's game with the Seahawks and Colts. Probably it, 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 you know, maybe 31, 17 is kind of what I'm thinking. 31, 14, something like that. You know, the, okay. the, the the Colts will keep it interesting the first half, and then the Rams will pull away in the second half. 
Alrighty. So the next game we have here, we have the Raiders at the Pittsburgh Steelers surprising both one and O's and uh, Jacob, I will give you the floor for you to explain your gold mine. Oh, listen, my fa- this is my, my nonchalant secret fantasy gold mine because so I look at this game and the Steelers defense didn't play great. And uh, the Raiders defense played phenomenally. Like they played out of pocket pretty much the whole time because they were doing great. Max Crosby and Carl Nassib were just harassing Lamar Jackson the whole time. So the reason why this is my secret fantasy gold mine is because I feel like with Darren Waller, with Henry Ruggs, with Brian Edwards, with the occasional show up of, or with, you know, freaking Hunter Renfro, with Kenyon Drake, with Josh Jacobs. And then the other side, you know, you have that trio of receivers with Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster. Then you have Najee Harris, Ben Roethlisberger. Like there's some fantasy star power in this game, especially on the Steelers side. I feel like this game is going to be more of a shootout than we're expecting. I can see it being very similar to what the Raiders of the game, the Raiders just played. And the the question is just going to be, can Ben Roethlisberger continue to push the ball down the field? Because if they can't run the ball, which I don't think they'll be able to, I am very concerned for the Steelers and the outlook on their season. I'm sorry, Bruce. You can hate me all you want, but that's fine. You should agree if you're a self-aware Steelers fan. Ah. I don't know. I mean, after what happened last week against the Bills, and I get it, uh, this may be a bad comparison, but it's the same thing with the Iowa Hawkeyes. It's, you know, it's like, why are they being ranked so high this week? You know, that they have a 37-point turnover ratio right now, to which I would say, beat them. If, you know, if it's such an issue that they have all these issues, they need to be beat. And so I just see John Groom being like, hey, man, it's a big effing game right here. Yeah, for real. Ben Roethlisberger, we got to get the season going. I mean, my job's on the line. Let's get it done. Let's get it done. <laughs> I can, yeah, I can definitely see it. So, like, honestly, if I was doing an upset pick of the week, that's probably my upset pick is going to be the Raiders beating the Steelers, just because like we see what they did last last night. It wasn't pretty, but they found a way. And I think that this team is kind of at that point to where they're going to find a way to win and they're going to just kind of surprise some people. I mean, they shocked the world by beating the Baltimore Ravens, which were seven and a half point favorites last night. Okay. Right. And I think that they can do the exact same thing in this game. Uh, I, I think I, I disagree. I think what happened in the Minot game, it was a, they were in the black hole. It was the first time they had a full stadium of fans in Las Vegas I think they really fed off that that um, that team and with them not having running backs right now for the Ravens. I understand Williams had a good game, but still uh, Lamar made some mistakes down down the way. I'm curious to see what happens with Ben and his throwing arm. I, I honestly think they're not going to find a way to win. I think honestly, the Raiders are going to find a way to lose it because there is expectations <laughs> now, in my opinion. I think I think the Steelers will defend, uh, you know, home field. And beat the Raiders, and once again, we'll we'll have this whole discussion again next week about how the Steelers are going to screw it up. I I think somehow the Steelers are going to find a way to be eight and zero or nine and zero. I know that sounds ridiculous. I don't know why I feel that way, but it feels very similar to last year. They're going to f- figure out a way. Big, Big Ben's going to be great for about twelve to thirteen weeks, and then everything's going to fall apart because he didn't do his offseason training like he said he did. I mean, okay, if that if that's what you believe. You do you, but I will let you be wrong if you want to be. But this no, is my I'm, upset. I'm pick. saying I'm overall, saying. it's not going to be great. I agree. It, it it is a good pick. I hope it's a good game. It looks like it's going to be a good game, but I think the Raiders are going to figure out a way to to lose the game. But stay tuned because Jacob may be giving me a shellacking on episode 37 <laughs> for the recap. Just say I'll be back for it. And I'm going <laughs> to yell as loud as I can, saying "You suck." <laughs> And then we have the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, or as I like to call it, the two Joes and Jamar taking on the Chicago Bears up in Chi-Town. Up in in Chi-Town, up in the Windy City. I think the thing that I'm most interested to see this game is, is this the game where Andy Dalton gets pulled for Justin Fields? Because last game, the fact that, you know, just fantasy-wise, Justin Fields outproduced Andy Dalton on, I think it was like three total snaps, something like that. Yeah, it was ridiculous. But also at the same time, I will give Andy Dalton his credit where it's due. He had some bad crap happen. Like one of his, I think one or two of his picks came off of deflections. I'm like, you can't really, you can't blame a guy for something that's out of his control. So I think on the Bears side, I'm 
I'm interested to see because if Andy Dalton is just mediocre at halftime, does Justin Fields trot back out as a starter? On the Bengals side, I think is if Jamar Chase does what he did last week again this week, he is officially a set and forget it wide receiver too. You don't set him. You keep him rolling on your lineup for the entire year. All I have to say is you're welcome. Why? Why? Because he's already on my roster. I don't need your help. I know. I know. I I was was pounding the table for him in the summer. And then when everything happened with the preseason, I was just like, Hey, calm down, chill out. It's going to be fine. Put him in there. Uh, My brother did. And he was uh, giving us shellacking in the ESPN (laughs) league. So, uh, yeah, uh, you're welcome. Is all uh, I have to say on that. You're welcome. Uh, uh, I don't need to say thank you when he's on my roster. By the way, if you're uh, looking for a Jamar Chase jersey, it's a it's a very hot item right now. That they don't have like the cool, uh, sleek Nike Vapor ones. I think or the Nike uh, Nike Legend ones. It's like ninety bucks. I think the cheapest one you can get right now is one hundred fifty bucks. Dang. So, uh, they also had an authentic one that was 325 and I was like, no, I can't explain that. That cost. Jeez. I can explain $90 to my wife, but if I try to explain $325 for a <laughs> yeah, piece of fabric, uh, I may, I may not be on the podcast for a few weeks. Also Cincinnati's going to win. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I think Joe Burrow is going to be raining bombs down um, on that Chicago bears defense as they continue to just deteriorate from within. And uh, I'm really excited to see Jamar Chase in the slot versus uh, Rokon Smith kind of get that SEC matchup going there, again. If, listen, if Jamar Chase is lined up against a linebacker, he will be a set and forget it wide receiver too. There's not going to be an option about it because yep. if you try to do that against Jamar Chase, good luck, gross. Oh, guess what? We go from this kind of fun game to a, the next one. To a pooper. Yeah, it's the Texans versus the Browns. This may actually be a good game. If Tyrod Taylor figures out a way to upset the Browns, first and foremost, uh, Cleveland will set their town on fire. The 1-0 and and Texans versus the 0-1 <laughs> Browns. Man, look at that. Leader of the of the AFC South. Gross. After week one, the Houston gross. Texans division leading. <laughs> that's that's true, which is a gross feeling. <laughs> it, just, it just feels like, hey. So my workout hat, it was like eight bucks. I'll show you what it is. Houston Texans. Well, you pull it out. Look at that. Oh my God. It's oh eight God. bucks. It's got, it's got a lot of, you know, grime on it from all the sweat, and blood and tears from all the fitness I do. How do you? Yeah. But I'm just letting you know, bargain bin, Houston Texans gear, probably super <laughs> cheap. If you're just looking for workout gear, it's actually pretty comfortable, uh, good quality. You know, I've had it for a couple, I'm just saying if you're, if you're needing, uh athletic wear go to the bargain bin for one of the worst teams in the league known as the houston texans just saying true from a football from a fantasy football perspective i think this time i mean from the texans you're just trying to see if tyrod taylor can or sorry tyrod taylor can continue what he was doing i think that this Browns defense is going to lock him up though but then from the brown side i think you're just kind of seeing does a receiver show up that was one thing that was missing last week that's the only thing I'm paying attention for. Right. I, I, I agree. Uh, I, I'm picking the Browns to win. Um, they, they need Same. to exercise some demons. Um, they need to... the, the Texans are going to be on the B side of that taco Tuesday. Yep. Yep. They need to, uh, in my opinion, they need to get the W and, and get out of there with no injuries. See how Odell does kind of start building some rhythm with him and, and see where his conditioning is at uh, moving into the second half of the, uh, of the game there. Yep, I agree with that. And then, um, so the next game we have, this one's probably pretty good. We have Jameis Famous Winston uh, with the New Orleans Saints taking on Sam Darnold and Christian McCaffrey against the Carolina Panthers. So this game's kind of interesting to me because the Saints have a lot of injuries. I think they've lost their center this week to, into, to an injury. I think they've lost Marshawn Latimer for a little bit. I think they've lost uh, another piece on their defensive line. So I think this game is actually super interesting, but I'm still going to pick the Saints to win because the thing I'm going to pay attention to the most is, does Alvin Kamara get back on his hyper-efficient bandwagon? Because, I mean, 20 carries for 83 yards, that's not going to cut it if you draft him at, you know, the second or third overall. Mm-hmm. From the Panthers' standpoint, I'm looking at Robbie Anderson because last week Terrace Marshall actually outplayed him and out-targeted him, out-yarded him and all that fun stuff because 
if Robbie Anderson doesn't reclaim that role, Terrace Marshall is going to be a hot pickup if he's not already on rosters. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Uh, I have Terrence Marshall on my uh, roster, so I'm feeling pretty good about that. Um, I'm going to pick the uh, the Panthers to win. I know the Saints looked really good last week, but I think uh, Sam Darnold takes another step forward, and it's always good to have Christian McCaffrey in your backfield. Yeah, I like I I literally almost did that, but I just I think that the Saints have too much offensive firepower, even with the injuries. Yep. So it'll be fun to to watch for sure. And then moving into the uh, the three o'clock games, we have the uh, Minnesota Vikings taking on Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. This is another one of those games I think is going to be pretty interesting because I think the Cardinals we're going to find out that defense is nasty as it came across. I think with the Vikings, their defense is going to have an opportunity to make an appearance. I'm not saying they're going to shut down the Cardinals because that's just good luck with that. From a fantasy perspective, I think on the Vikings, you're going to see if, oh, that the wide receiver that just went ham, like something Osborne, if he does it again, he's a guy you pick up and add to your rosters just to flex play or occasionally like his, you know, if Adam Thielen gets hurt, God forbid. Next thing you know, that guy is probably a top 24 wide receiver. On the Cardinals side, I'm interested to see which running back totes the load because last week James Conner got more carries, but Chase Edmonds was more effective with those touches because he had the the receiving work. So I'm just going to continue to monitor, monitor that situation because I think value can be had there. No, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what KJ Osborne does. I'm curious to see if Kirk Cousins is able to step up and kind of be a little bit more consistent because um, he's just Kirk being Kirk. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I think uh, we're going to find out whether or not the Arizona Cardinals uh, defense is for real. I agree with that. And I also feel uh, Justin Jefferson needs to come out with a big game. I know Adam mm-hmm. Thielen had a big game, but you know he needs to be stepping up too. Yep. Yep. I feel that moving into the next one, we have the Atlanta Falcons traveling to Tampa Bay. And unfortunately as a Calvin Ridley manager, I think this is going to be another pooper of a week, but he did torch them for like 10 catches for a buck 35 and a touchdown last year. So I think the thing that I'm just going to look for for this game is the Falcons offense to see if they can get back online. It's like if they score 21 points, 17 points, whatever, something like that, but their offense is still moving. I'll be much more comfortable, but if not, then that's your buy low window for any Falcon player that you want. The Buccaneers, once again, I think I'm looking at the running backs. Which one stands up between Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, or Gio Bernard? Yeah, I think the Bucs are going to steamroll the Falcons. Um, I think Kyle Pitts needs to get more comfortable in that offense, but I don't think this is the week to do it because um, <laughs> it's 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 going to be it's going uh, to be bad. Um, yeah, so I'm picking I'm picking the Bucks to win. Um, Me too. I, I agree. I hope that running back situation gets figured out with the Tampa Bay, but I just feel like it that's going to be a story the rest of the season. Yep, yep. Um, I'm with you on that one. Okay, so the next game we have, we have the Tennessee Titans and Derrick Henry taking on Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. The only thing I care for if I'm a Texans player manager is does Derrick Henry get back online? If he gets back online, that offense rolls. They look great. They just keep functioning and flowing like they were. If he doesn't, I think it's the same story as last week. From the Seahawks side, I think you're just, you know, you're starting everybody. You're trying to see if Russell Wilson can keep flinging the ball. And I'm actually going to choose the Seattle Seahawks to win this game because I feel like that they're going to be able to do enough against Tennessee's bad defense to no matter even if Derrick Henry's online, just to kind of stay ahead of the game. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think Derrick Henry is definitely going to take center, center stage for this week to see is is he back to where he needs to be. Uh, the other one that needs to step up is Julio Jones. Um, yeah. He was only three for six on uh, catches last week, and his, his head coach called him out. Um, so uh, I, I think Vrabel was obviously extremely frustrated with the fact that they got – they didn't get beat. They got shellacked by yeah. the Cardinals. Um, so they really need Julio to step up this week. I'm curious to see how he's going to do that uh, against Seattle. And then Russell Wilson, September, he's going to be cooking. So yeah, Seattle at home, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, probably going to have another big game. Chris Carson's probably going to go for mm-hmm. close to hundred yards, just enough to tease us and then go back into obscurity and be, you know, top yep. 15 and then, running back. And I maintain 
after I think it's after October, trade your Seahawks if you're in a redraft, if you're in a dynasty, poke around to see if you can get max value. All righty. So the next game we have here is probably one that a lot of people are going to be watching. Um, Cowboys taking on the L.A. Chargers out in SoFi Stadium in L.A. So this one, first off, I'll go ahead and shock the world. And I'll say I think that the Chargers are going to win this game because I feel like Justin Herbert's going to be coming back for blood. I feel like he's going to be out there. And I feel like this is Austin Eckler's week that he kind of bounces back. From a fantasy perspective, I think you're looking to make sure that Austin Eckler does get those targets because one of the big reasons why he was such a you know hot commodity was the fact that he was supposed to get almost 100 catches. Dallas, I think I'm mostly paying attention to the Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, you know, timeshare back there. I agree. Because last week, I mean, Tony Pollard, I think, only played on 37% of snaps, but it felt like much more because when he was out there, he was involved in the play call. Right. So I think that's my look. But I think Justin Herbert and that powerful offense can do enough and their good defense can make, you know, just the one or two, one or two stops that they need in order to win that ballgame. Uh, the thing I'll be watching for is who absorbs the targets since Michael Gallup is out. Does that go to Zeke? Does it go to Tony Pollard? Does it go to Blake Jarwin? Who's going to benefit from that? Because I think the split between CD and Amari is going to be very similar to what it was last week. I yeah. don't think the Cowboys are going to throw for 58 times, you no. know, 58 attempts this week. Uh, I also agree. I think the Chargers are going to win because I'm a Cowboy fan that doesn't believe in moral <laughs> victories. And yeah, I think it's a self-hating ginger and a self-hating Cowboys fan. We found I'm, ourselves in wonder. I, I'm I'm very much a self-deprecating one. I'm just fed up with everything because every week it's just like, this is the year. Every, yeah. every week, this is the yeah. year. We're going to do it. We're going to dominate. You know, it's like the, the old uh, Saturday Night Live skit with the <clears> Chicago Bears. Bears, 660 points to zero against the Packers. Yep. <laughs> and I feel like that's kind of what's going on with the Cowboys. Like, yeah, Dak's going to throw for 3,000 yards this game against the Chargers. And I'm like, mm, no, not exactly. <laughs> I think Dak's going to have a good game. And, and they're going to do what they always do. They're going to tease us. They're going to go up. It looks great. And then the Chargers and Justin Herbert's going to come, come from behind and win the game. And if not, you can come at me at all you want on Twitter, okay? Just <laughs> come at me, bro. I don't even have a Twitter account. This is, this is the Twitter account that I follow. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next up, we got Kansas City going to Baltimore. And listen, from Kansas City Chiefs' perspective, I know he was on my last episode, but Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I think that this is the game that you can kind of will be able to determine if he's going to be used in that offense or not because I feel like the Ravens have a good enough defense they can at least slow down Tyreek Hill, slow down uh, Travis Kelsey. So this is the game to see uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire's involvement in the passing game. From the Ravens' side, you're just looking for that offense to try to keep up. Because last last night, no, I yes, I'm a Lamar Jackson hater, but you take away the one 49-yard pass to Sammy Watkins, and he doesn't have 200 passing yards. I mean, I'm just saying he made up for it with his legs, which was awesome. Great to see for fantasy value. But that's what I'm paying the most attention to, because if they can't beat them this game, there's no reason that they'll be able to beat them in a playoff game. I, I agree. Um you know, Lamar is going to do his thing. I'm curious to see, you know, is Mark Andrews going to step up? Um, you know, is Mark uh, Marquise Brown going to be able to stay consistent there, uh, you know, with the passing game? I'm curious to see what happens there against the Chiefs defense. But, yeah, uh, the Chiefs, you know, you're going to get – the the Ravens are about to get Mahomes. Um, yep, this, is, this is where you're going to find out that, that they just can't keep up on offense because I feel, truly feel like Kansas City can put up 35 in the blink of an eye. And if you're the Ravens, you might, I think they score 14, 17 points just because they're not fast enough. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree on that. And it's definitely going to be, you know, tempo who controls the ball, um, which I think the Ravens can do. That's their only hope. They have to hold the ball for 40 plus minutes in order for them to win the game. That's my call. 35 to 40 minutes. And if they don't do that, they're going to lose big time. Which I could see John Harbaugh telling Lamar be like, Hey, we're not snapping it until there's like three seconds left on the on the uh, snap clock. Is it the snap clock or the shot clock? The game clock? Game, no, the uh, no. Is the it play the clock? The play clock. There you go. I mean, there's play multiple. Clock. It's the play clock. It's the play clock. Um, with three seconds left on the play clock, and I think play the what? Play clock. L O C K. I'm getting tired. Getting tired. All right, we're almost there. We're almost there. And then. Uh, the next game we have is the Detroit Lions 
heading up to their rivals in Lambeau Field and the Green Bay Packers, who are definitely looking for revenge. Short and sweet. Packers destroy the Lions. The Lions, you're looking at if the running backs like their their share of the backfield. If it's a 50-50 split, best of luck to you, DeAndre Swift managers. If it's a 50-50 split, you're welcome, Jamal Williams managers. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm curious. I, I agree. I think the Packers are going to kill them. Um, but I'm also curious to see what the fight is in this team. I can see Matt Campbell, uh, you know, going in at halftime. They're down 31 to nothing. What's your fight? What's your fight in this team? Josh, can you give me uh, more Venti? Two shots. Thank you. What's our fight? Come on, guys. <laughs> kneecaps on three. One, two, three, kneecaps. We've made and, it through the games. And the Lions went out victoriously and lost 41 <laughs> to three. <laughs> or something crazy like that. But yeah. Okay. So moving into our sleepers of the week. Um, let's take a look here. So uh, my sleepers for the week uh, for QB, I have Teddy Bridgewater and Mac Jones. I think Teddy's going to have a good game against the Jaguars. He uh, proved last week against the Giants. He had a very good game. And then with Mac Jones, um, I, you know, he was very consistent last week against the Dolphins. And I think he's going to have something very similar against the Jets. Um, so both potential good there for QB2. Yeah, this week for my quarterbacks, I'm actually choosing Matt Ryan going against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because if they're going to have any hope in that game, it's going to come on the right shoulder of Matt Ryan throwing the ball for 400 plus yards. Then I have a bonus of Derek Carr because I truly feel like he's going to keep that team in in competition with the Pittsburgh Steelers because I don't know if they're going to be able to run the ball because I just saw they lost an offensive offensive guard to an ACL injury. But I think it's going to be on Derek Carr's shoulders to keep them in the game. Uh, for the running backs on my end, I have the Tampa Bay backfield. I have uh, Rojo, Ronald Jones, the second and Leonard Fournette. Um, you know, Ronald is getting the start against the Falcons. Uh, I think both of them can have very good productive games. Uh, but if they start fumbling the ball, so help me. Anyways, <laughs> curious so to see how that matchup figures out. But yeah. For me, I got Damian Harris going up against the Jets. I just feel like they're going to be up and he's going to get fed the ball. Ignore the fumble. Ignore the message of Damian Harris might see decreased workload because Ramondre Steven, Stevenson also fumbled, okay? Not worried. This is a confident start. He'll be great. All right, so at wide receiver, I have Mike Williams and Tyler Boyd. I think Mike Williams is going to have a really good game. He had a really good one last week against the Washington football team, and I think – uh, with that Cowboys defense, just, you know, they, they look competent, uh, but I think Mike Williams is going to be able to catch a couple of good uh, jump balls. And, you know, he'll he'll do his usual like 40 to 48 yard catch. And then with Tyler Boyd, you know, with the Chicago Bears defense, um, you know, if if the game goes, how I think it's going to go. There's probably going to be more added coverage, obviously, to Jamar Chase. Um and T Higgin and potentially Joe Mixon in some screen schemes, potentially. Uh, so I could see Tyler Boyd having a big game. Uh, he was definitely quiet this past week. So it, it, it'll be, he has definitely a lot of opportunity for this week. I can see that. Uh, I have Jacoby Myers and Tim Patrick guy I loosely mentioned earlier, but one thing I think Jacoby Myers is going to be on the receiving end of a Mac Jones touchdown pass. And I think he's going to be able to put up 70, 80 yards because that Jets secondary is not that great. And then Tim Patrick, I think he's going to be the guy that steps into that Jerry Judy role. And I think that he's going to be the more productive of the Denver Broncos wide receivers, especially in Judy's absence. Then um, at tight end, I have the New England Patriots tight ends. I have Janu Smith and Hunter Henry. Um, if Mac Jones is going to have a good game, those two are definitely going to be huge uh, um, receivers of, of recipients of that success. And I think, uh, Janu Smith and Hunter Henry can have a big game. And this setup is very similar to what I did last week with the Eagles, uh, tight end. So if you have both of them, pick one that you think is going to be the, uh, the hot <laughs> starter there, but I think, uh, Hunter Henry and, and Janu Smith are definitely a good solid picks there. Oh yeah. I think that that team has an, has a chance to get up quick. And even if they're up by a lot, I think they're going to be the intermediate third and five targets. I chose Tyler Higby just because last week, I mean, it was a very good showing that he gave us whenever they played the Bears. And so I think this week, whenever they're playing Indianapolis Colts, I feel like 
he's going to still be required. He's still going to be Mr. Necessary going 10 yards down the field and getting first downs and moving the chains. Then at defense, I have the Giants and the Bengals. I think the Giants have potential to have a good game because it's a Thursday night football game. And I don't know how that offense is going to run. Um, I, I think obviously it's going to be very run heavy. I don't know how the passing game is going to be with Tyler Heineke, Heineke other than, you know, we're going to throw it deep to Terry and try to figure out if we can find Logan underneath. That's all you need. And then with the uh, the Bengals, uh, I think they can have a really good defense because the Bears' offense is just obsolete and it, it it's in complete shambles. And anytime you play the Chicago Bears' offense, you have a chance, a good opportunity to play well. I can respect that. I can, I can respect that. I actually have two play two defenses in the same game. Ooh. I think the Las Vegas Raiders can the Pittsburgh Steelers because I feel like like I'm starting to get pessimistic on my outlook on Ben Roethlisberger just because last week he did not look good at all. And plus the Las Vegas Raiders defense, their defensive line especially looked salty last night. Mm-hmm. They were ripping to shreds a Baltimore Ravens offensive line that, yes, they lost some pieces, but at the same time, they had players still there that like you look at them and you expect them to be a top half of the league. Well, they act like they were treated like they were bottom half. Max Crosby right now, defensive player of the year. But then on the other side, you have the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, Derek Carr is good for at least an interception a game. Yeah. Josh Jacobs has the occasional fumble issue because I feel like this game is either going to be a blowout with multiple turnovers or it's going to be like a 21 to 17 football game. And with that, we have given the sleepers of week two. Oh, feels like a marathon episode. All righty, Jacob. And we can't finish without, of course, our goldmine game of the week. Bro, I already talked about it. We're going with freaking Las Vegas Raiders versus Pittsburgh Steelers. I thought I thought it was the other one with the, the Lions and the Packers. I thought we were no, going. that's a DFS game. If you're playing Daily Fantasy, that's oh, going to okay. be a new game okay. to target because you can get the high-end prices of the Packers with the low-end prices of the Lions, and I think that's going to the low-end prices will meet because I think that there's a chance that those options can pick you up. But I really feel like the Raiders versus the Steelers is going to be the secret goldmine because – that offensive line of Pittsburgh is not that great. The offense from the, the Raiders aren't that great, but whenever you see them clicking, whenever they work, everybody gets something, everybody gets some love. So that's going to be my pick. I'm rolling with the Raiders again. We're going to see what happens. All righty. Well, with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to wrap up this podcast here, episode 36. I just want to say thank you to everyone who's been listening to us. Uh, And wherever you may be listening to us, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever that may be, such as Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, and, of course, Apple Podcasts. Jacob, why don't you tell the fine folks where they can send in an angry hate mail or a lovely, lovely dessert. Like a Sopapilla cheesecake that we're still waiting on? Yes. Um, I think we need to put that as an alert out on the- Can we just uh, have like a shirt or something just like Sopapilla cheesecake at me, bro? Yeah, or like Justin Herbert launching a Sopapilla cheesecake. That would be great. Sign me up. But you can send us all of that deliciousness on Twitter at Misfit underscore FF. Or if you want to keep that family recipe secret, you can send it to us at our email at v.misfit.ff at gmail.com. And we'll answer all of your fantasy-related questions, including- what color overcoat should you wear tomorrow? My answer is going to be navy. It's very stylish. That that's good because I have a meeting with my boss tomorrow. So there you go. You're welcome. You go. Thank you. Thank you. I'll let and I'll leave that on a cliffhanger to let you know if I'm employed next week or not. Ooh. <laughs> the answer is yes. I'm a very good worker. I'm a very hard worker. That's what I would say too. <laughs> hey man. Hey. <laughs> all righty well with that ladies and gentlemen we will say goodbye for now but we will see you again soon